Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery when you add an adjustable base. Ends Monday. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. On this year's annual love episode, I am excited to share that I'm talking with Kristen Way, a mom of two, the co-founder of the Stay Connected Book Club, and wife of Mikey Way, who just happens to be the bassist of the band My Chemical Romance. We will be talking all about her love for being a mom, how her husband and her keep the love alive on tour and at home, her love for books, and so much more. She is an amazing soul, and you'll love getting to know her. You know, say you had a certain amount of money in your bank account and someone stole $10 from your bank. Are you going to then give away all of your money? Because that way you're just, oh, forget it. I lost money. I'm done. It's the same with the time of your day. So if something's bothering you, are you going to give it that 10 seconds? Or are you going to give away your entire day because of that one thing that happened? Hi, and welcome to The Parentologist Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kim. The Parentologist Podcast is a show about everything parenting with a therapeutic twist. Each episode focuses on a variety of relatable topics, including parenting, family, children, relationships, mental health, and pop culture. Hear from a variety of medical professionals, psychological experts, authors, celebrities, and other parents with inspiring stories. You'll feel like you're in the same room with your friends getting all of your questions answered. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll learn, and you'll have fun. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day, so this week we are talking all about love for my annual love episode, and Kristen, I cannot wait to talk to you all about how you take time to love yourself, what you love about being a mom, your love for your husband, uh, your love for books, and even your love for Disney, which I know we both share a passion (laughs) and a love for. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. This is my first podcast, so this is gonna be fun. I love it. I'm so glad um, that you, you know, said you would do this, and that you know it's your first podcast. And I hope it's a good experience for you, <laughs> <laughs> considering. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and get started. You know, I I saw in your bio when I first reached out to you that you are a self-proclaimed bookworm, and you love books, which I love books too. Um, and you know, you even started your own online book club with one of your sisters, which I think is so cool. Um, but tell us more about that and, you know, why you started it, how you started it. And and honestly, what I want to know more is how you find time to read as a mom. Because before I had kids, I mean, I was reading like 12 to 15 novels a year. I even wrote my own 300 some page novel that I swore I'd, you know, publish one day. But ever since I became a mom, I just haven't maybe made the time or have the time. So if you have any tips for that too, I would love to hear about that. Yeah. um, I think my love for books has been there like my entire life. I was the bookworm of the family and it never went away. And during COVID, obviously I was killing time by reading, (laughs) finding something to do while the kids are playing in the backyard. But I was reading one day and my husband came up to me and was like, you know, you should do some sort of like book club. I was like, well, how am I supposed to do that? I can't be around anybody. We're locked in our homes. And he said, well, what about online? You know, you're always like 
on the internet, you engage with people, why don't you start some sort of book club on the internet? I think you'd have so much fun with that. And I was like, you know, maybe, but I would, I don't, I don't think I want to do it by myself. So then I called my sister and was like, Hey, from a distance, wouldn't it be kind of fun to read with other people? It's a way we can all connect during this time where we're all so isolated. And she loved the idea. So we immediately were like, Hey, we're going to start a book club. And this is, we're calling it stay connected book club. And it's going to be an Instagram thing. And it kind of grew and we would try to do a book a month while we could. And then sometimes that slacks off a little bit now. It's not as like routine now that like we're all back into the world a bit more. We're not so just like locked down at home, but we've had some of our favorite authors like notice us, our little tiny book club. It's like 3000 followers. It makes me so excited. Like Colleen Hoover's <laughs> publisher sent us an early release of one of her books. And we were like, is this real life? Like what's happening? So, That's so stuff cool. like that has been really fun. It keeps us like entertained with it. Um, we do it. I mean, we get at least 10 books in a year, which I, I think that's a big accomplishment. Like you said, as a mom, trying to juggle your schedules and then also find time to read is not easy. I, I think it's a little bit of my self love for myself is like, I'm carving out time for myself. My kids used to nap or have quiet time, which has gone away in the past year, Uh but I'll be like, okay, mom's going to read right now. So you have to go play. And then I'll <laughs> right. set like a 30 minute timer or I'll be like, okay, while you're watching your show before you go to bed, I'll sit on the couch next to them and I read, which I mean, I might have to reread a paragraph or two, but I right. make my time that way because I love my book club so much that I, I'm like, I have to do this. There's been one book I did not finish for book club. And my sister likes to remind me of it a lot. <laughs> it was the new, I can't, Midnight Sun, I think it was. It was like the Twilight book that was from Edward's perspective. It was like the first Twilight book like rewritten from Edward's perspective. And it was so hard to get through. I was like, I can't do this. So I just left that one unfinished. But (laughs) other than that, I've accomplished reading them all. I finished a book this morning. So that's something for me. It's just important for me to do something that I love. And I really love escaping into a good book. So I'm I make it a priority. I used to, for me, it's not like, oh, I used to read. It's like, oh, I used to work out. Oh, I used to do yoga or go to Pilates or do something that has gone out the window. I don't prioritize that at all. It's definitely more the books for me, which is fine. I mean, my girls are into books too. So it's paying off. It's like rubbing off, which makes me happy. (laughs) Exactly. You're a good role model for them. I I love to, and and actually it's really good for their education. I know both my kids, well, I have a third grader now and a kindergartner, and I know both of their kindergarten teachers as they were learning to read said, oh, you must've read a lot to them when they were little. And I said, yes, I started reading to them when they were in the womb. Like that just was something that was just part of our lives. And they both are top readers in their class because they had all of that role modeling and experience and book reading at home. So I think it's super important just uh, as a self-care, you know, way to mm-hmm. take care of yourself and prioritize certain things that you're passionate about. And like you said, also to, to be a good role model for your kids and share that same passion as, as they grow up too. Um, I might yeah. join it. I'm, I'm actually really tempted to join <laughs> it. I think I can commit to one book a month. I really do. And I like yeah, your tip I try. how to fit it in, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. funny. My husband used to read to my pregnant belly with our first. I'd be like, okay, it's your turn tonight. And we would do the same thing. Like while they were in the womb, we would read to them. And then they would lay on a little blanket as like a three week old. And I'd be like, okay, let's read them a story. <laughs> like yes. we'd read to them. So it's been like every night before bed, they get read to as well. It's really great. And then if you do join, I love it. We go live. Some Most of the time when we finish a book, we'll go like on Instagram live together. And 
it's funny. Like I'll see my friends pop up and sometimes I'm like, Oh, like I get embarrassed. Like <laughs> I get like, I'm, I get so shy and I'm like, Oh no, someone I know is watching me and I get all nervous about it, but they end up being so fun and we kind of veer off topic sometimes, but it's a cool little group we've got there. It's really fun. If you ever do join it, I want to know your feedback on it. Okay. I, I will. I do. I In the new year, I think I'm going to do that. It's going to be my 2023 commitment because like I said, I do love I it. Love I love it. I have all these books that I haven't read and I feel like if I have someone that holds me accountable, like if I have other people that are also reading it, A, it's just a, yeah. a social way to you know make new friends and connect and things like that. But it's also, you know, it holds me accountable to actually keep up on the reading because someone else is watching or waiting for me to do it. So more yeah. than myself. So, um, so yeah, I love that's, that. that's my goal. Um, okay. <laughs> so you talked about, you know, that could be your way of self-care. I mean, I see it as a way of, of self-care, just the way you prioritize your mental health. Um, but what other ways do you prioritize your mental health at home? Um, you know, when you're having a stressful day or a bad day, or what are some things that you do? And this is little things that you kind of sprinkle through your day, especially being a mom and a wife and, you know, doing all the things. How do you prioritize that at home or any tips that you have for anyone else that might be listening? That one's hard. I feel like I'm really great about making sure everyone in my life is taken care of and I don't give myself that same grace or love or attention. <laughs> so when I do reach that boiling point, I think those around me kind of see it in my eyes and they're like, oh, she needs something right now because I just don't do it. So when I do, it's just like, hey, I need to go in my room and like lay in my bed for 15 minutes and like reset my day because my worries aren't that big of a worry. And if I just like process it and then either talk to my mom or talk to my husband or call one of my sisters and just kind of like let it out and free it instead of letting it consume me. That helps a lot. And then I also sometimes if I'm just like having a morning or like the kids aren't listening, I'll put a podcast in while I'm doing my makeup. And I have like one AirPod in and I'm here <laughs> if they need me. And I just kind of like reset myself in that way. And I try to just take little moments like that. Sometimes I'll go outside and just kind of stare at the sky, do a little I try to just do little resets when I know I need it. Even if it's two minutes of just like okay, I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to feel the sunshine on my face. And then I'm going to like go back in and like regroup because I read this quote recently. I'm going to completely ruin it, but it was more of a saying than a quote, but you know, say you had a certain amount of money in your bank account and someone stole $10 from your bank. Are you going to then give away all of your money? Because that way you're just, Oh, forget it. I lost money. I'm done. It's the same with the time of your day. So if something's bothering you, are you going to give it that 10 seconds? Or are you going to give away your entire day? because of that one thing that happened. Wow, and that I love has that. sat with I me for the that. past few weeks. Yeah. I was like, wow, like that is such a good way to take things into perspective because there's so many times where things feel so big to you personally in a moment. And we forget to be like, okay, I'm gonna feel that. I'm gonna be irritated. Maybe I'll write it out in a journal. Maybe I'll just call someone and like let it out. But am I gonna let it ruin everything when there's still so much more minutes in the day to make something better or to turn your day around? Yeah. That and is I think it's like, it was it's such, such a good reminder, right? Yeah. Such a good reminder. Oh my gosh. I love, I haven't heard that yet. And I absolutely love that. I really do. And uh -huh. it's so true. It's so true because we can let the little things add up and like you said, kind of ruin our day, or we can take it, have a reset and, you know, be in a better place, you know? Um, and that's what I usually say too. When moms ask me, you know, advice, what do you do? And I say, it doesn't have to take a whole, 
you know, day at the spa or, I mean, those are nice, don't get me wrong, but you can have those just 30 seconds outside with a deep breath and some sunshine on your face. Or um, sometimes I'll listen to just some, any type of music that I like while I'm doing the dishes or doing the laundry and kind of multitask, but also kind of being in my own world a little bit. Um, it's just yeah. those, those little micro practices of self-care just really can reset your day, like you said. So I love that you said that. I love that you practice that too, because as moms, that's sometimes all we do get, you know, most mm-hmm. of the time. And so we have to try and fit it in where we can. So, but speaking yeah. of being a mom, what do you mm-hmm. love most about being a mom? You have two little ones, two little girls, and you know, what, what are some of your favorite moments of motherhood and what do you love most about it? I think one of my absolute favorite things is watching their love for each other. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, they go up to each other and they'll just hug each other and squeeze each other. Or you hear them giggling together in another room and you're like, that's what it's all about. There was a time when I was pregnant with my first that I was like, oh my gosh, this is so overwhelming. And then I had her and it was just like, yes, it's difficult. You, you're you thrown into motherhood and you can read every book under the sun. I was having a conversation about this the other day. It doesn't prepare you because every child is different and every experience is different. So what to expect when you're expecting it shows you what you're, oh, you're a size of a watermelon. Yes, I feel that I am. <laughs> but like, are you prepared? No, my daughter was tongue tied. I had no idea what that meant. I had never heard that term before until I was in the hospital facing like, hey, we need to clip her tongue. She can't nurse because she's tongue tied. Right. So there's things like that that you're just not prepared for. But then I have her, I get through it. I'm figuring out, we get pregnant with the second and I'm like, how am I going to love her as much as I love the first? How am I going to have time for both of them? And there was this panic that I didn't know how I was going to juggle both. And then she got brought to the hospital to meet her sister and it was just oh, we're going to be okay. Like we're a family. She's an in addition. And I'm so grateful that she is an addition to our family and that I get to have these moments where I teach them something and you see it connect and you see their little eyes like, or they look to me to see if I'm proud of them. And those are the moments that I'm like, this is what it's all about. And I'm so grateful that I get to be here and be at home and like uh, homeschool them and be a part of their every moment so that I get to watch all of that happen every day. It's so rewarding and you don't realize it until like you're regrouping at the end of the day and you're like, this happened today and I got to see it like firsthand and I'm not missing these moments. And it just makes you appreciate that you've created these little lives and that you're like sculpting them as humans. It's pretty magical. It is really magical. And I can completely relate to you. You know, like I said, I have two little ones and I see that a lot too. And and I was actually telling someone the other day, she's pregnant with her second. And she says, I honestly can't imagine how I'm going to love both of them. I just don't, I don't know how that's going to work. And I said, yeah. the second your second is born, your heart's going to expand and you're, it's just, it's going to magically just open up this new world. And, you know, it, it's, it's just this beautiful feeling, and, but you don't really realize it until you're in that spot. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love all those little moments too. And it's just so fun. I, I love being a mom. I really do. Like that's always my number one. I feel like that was my main purpose yeah. in life. Like I do so many other things, but that is the one thing that is non-negotiable. Like I can give up my job if I have to, I'll give up, you know, whatever it is, but being a mom is just like, I feel like my true purpose in life. And I just love every single second of it. Even the hard part. Me too. Kind of I weird, know. I do. No, like, because you get through the hard parts and then you can like pat yourself on the back and be like, wow, like yeah. that was a really trying day. And my limits were so tested. And why are they doing that? They know better or all of those things that kind of make you doubt, like, am I doing this right? Am I parenting right? Am I making the right choice by not putting my daughter in school? Like all these different things for each individual person. But then when you get through it, you're like, oh, okay, good. I did it. But yeah. my mom had four kids and I'm like, 
I am maxed out at two. More power to you, mama. I'm like, I say to her all the time, I'm like, I don't know how you did this. Like, how did you do four? Like, I can't, I don't have the capacity for more. Like my littlest is like, mom, do you want a baby in your belly? I'm like, nope, nope. I'm good with my two. No more babies in mom's belly. We are good. But my mom, exactly. four, the people that have more than four, I don't. Yeah, six. I think, and I have a friend that's pregnant with her seventh right now, or maybe it's her eighth. I've lost track, honestly. But um, oh my gosh, yeah, and she, yeah, and 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 I, I know some that have six, and they homeschool all six of them, and you know, I'm, I'm not sure how it works because I have my two, and I feel like my, my plate is full, and my heart is full, and I would, if I was younger, I think I would like to have more. At least I say I do, but I don't know how it works because it's my life is pretty full with, you know, taking my son to baseball and taking my daughter to dance class and then doing all the other things and volunteering at their school. And it's, it takes up a lot of time and I don't know how I could do it with two more, but, um, but yeah, I just love being a mom. So I'm, what you said is so beautiful and I absolutely love it. Um, but we're going to switch gears now and we are going to talk now about your love for your husband. Um, you are married to the bassist from the band, My Chemical Romance and, uh, <laughs> Mikey Way. And, um, I'd love to hear how you both met because I believe it was somewhere obviously in the music industry, but I'd love to hear, um, you know, how that happened. Yeah. I feel like this is a story that like I get asked this a lot, but I don't think it's like many people know it for some reason. I don't know. But uh, we actually have a mutual friend and Mikey was staying with him. And I was like, Hey, you want to go to dinner? My sister and I are free. He was like, yeah, sure. So my sister that I was living with at the time and I drove over to his house and we were like, okay, you ready? Like, let's go to dinner. So we go to dinner and he had said that his friend might be joining us, but then he was like, Oh, he's not here. So we were like, okay, whatever. So we walked to dinner. We're sitting there and I didn't know, like, I knew he had a friend. I knew it was Mikey who was staying with him because he had mentioned it, but I didn't know, like, what Mikey looked like or any. I was like, cool, he plays in my chem. I don't listen to my chem. Like, that's wonderful. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he walks up to our table. As I hear him go, like, oh, hey. And he's kind of standing there talking to my friend Justin. And Justin and him are conversing. And I'm kind of at the table, like, does he not see, like, we're having dinner? Why? Like, this guy's just having this full on conversation standing next to our table. What is happening? Right. So finally, Justin's like, Oh, this is Mikey. Like, here, Mikey, sit with us. I'm like, Why didn't you have him sit five minutes ago? Right. Like, this is so weird. Right. So he ends up sitting down with all of us. And we immediately started talking about like ghost hunting and Halloween and everything that we loved about like that kind of thing. Cause they had gone on like a haunted ship, the Queen Mary. Oh, um, right prior and they were telling me their experiences on it. <laughs> so I'm like, Oh my gosh, this guy's really cute. So we're like talking about ghosts, whatever. We end up going back to Justin's house, watching a movie. Mikey fell asleep on the couch. And I'm like, well, <laughs> there goes that. I'm not going to get to say like goodbye, maybe exchange numbers, nothing. I'm like, okay. So I'm like talking to my sister. I'm like, Oh, he was really cute. She's like, yeah, he's cute. Whatever. So the next day, I sent Justin a text, like not really expecting anything, but I was like, Hey, you know, if Mikey needs any like friends to hang out with in LA, my sister and I are always around, you know, like we're good people. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll pass along your number. I'm like, sure you will. And I had looked and Mikey didn't have Instagram at the time. This was like 2014. He hadn't tweeted in a long time. So I was like, I can't reach out to him by myself. So this is my only option to ever be in touch with him again. Exactly. And 10 minutes later, I got a text from him. Wow. Like, hey, what's up? It's Mikey. Like, do you want to go out? Do you want to go to like ghost hunting? And I was like, well, you know, I would love to do that. But I, it's a Sunday and I have work tomorrow. So I can't do that. But yeah, I would love to see you. 
So we went on like a seven hour date and we, uh, this is, I feel like people say this a lot, but we've genuinely been inseparable since that moment. I think the longest we've ever been apart is this tour that they just went on this past year. Right. Um, yeah. But prior to that, it had been like maybe five days. He went to Japan for a little bit once to see his brother. And that was it. Like we, from that moment on, we were just like with each other every day. And crazy. That's it. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I was like, it. okay, I found my person. You I don't did. know. It was just like meant to be, you know? Re- really and truly. And that, no... we're pretty compatible to spend that much time together and still, you know, and, and then now after all these years and still be completely in love with each other. You know what I mean? And with yeah. all the touring and just all the things and, you know, that you really did find your person. And I think that's so amazing. I love that. Yeah, we it, were both were married prior to meeting each other. And when we met, we I was like, you know, I, I don't ever want to do that again. Um, that was a really hard time for me. And he was like, yeah, I'm happy not again. I was like, okay, great. Like maybe if we have kids one day, we'll just be partners in life. Everything will be fine. And it's right. like nine months into our relationship, I'm like, you know, I could probably marry you. He's like, yeah, me too, probably. And like, within two years, we were married. Within three years, we had babies. So it was definitely so meant to be. That is so fun. Yeah. And I love that you both had, um, you know, careers. I mean, he's, you know, he's, you know, restarted his career. We'll talk about that a little bit later on, um, you know, with the band, but that you also had, uh, you know, a career in the music industry as well. So you both really get that side of the industry and, you know, really understand yeah. it and, and things like that too, which I'm sure is also another compatibility feature that you have, you know, as part of your marriage. Um, now, how do you prioritize your marriage at home? with two kids. <laughs> um, that, I, I laugh because, you know, I have two kids. I've been married for 12 years. We got married in t- 2011 and, and, and it's hard. It's hard sometimes, you know, to, to balance that. Um, so, and just even having the energy sometimes, like once the kids go to bed and my husband wants to watch a show on Netflix with me and I'm saying, oh my gosh, I'm too tired. Like I can't, like I have nothing left in my tank to, to love you now after this whole day. How do you, how do you do that? Any tips on how you're able to prioritize, you know, that part of your relationship with him? I think that's something that most married couples with children probably struggle with. Like finding, like we were talking about earlier, finding the time just for ourselves, let alone our children and then our spouse on top of that and prioritizing our relationship is not always something that we do, but we will, you know, my mom's really good at being like, Hey, I'm going to watch the kids. I would love for you guys to go get a coffee together. Like, Hey, it doesn't have to be this day long date or this like extravagant weekend getaway. Like go hold hands and not have to worry about children interrupting you guys for an hour. Like I've got them go, which is so helpful because we don't think like that. We're so busy being like, Oh, I've got this email. Oh, I've got this. I got to run to the grocery store. The kids need this, that we don't take that time, but we do have our shows that we sit down and watch together, even if it's like one half an hour show, like that's our time together. And then we do try to make time to have like a date at home. It's not often, but we'll like, hey, let's go sit in the backyard with some like candles and watch TV in the backyard tonight. And like, we're having a date night or hey, like, let's do this. Or the other night, we just like laid in bed playing songs for each other. Like, hey, have you ever heard this song? Hey, have you ever done that? And just sat and like talked about music, which like you were saying is one of our connections, like doing things like that we we are focusing more on it i think especially after him touring this year we feel like our time together we're like not so in just like that regular routine of not paying attention to that so we're making more of a conscious effort to be like let's watch a show together like right now it's the holidays like hey do you want to wrap presents together while we have a show playing in the background and we're doing things as a unit instead of like 
oh, I'm over here doing this. He's over here doing that. So we're definitely trying to make more of an effort because we realize having been apart for the first time in a relationship, like, hey, we kind of stopped like dating each other. We need to like do that a little bit more again because we missed each other so much right. from being apart on this past tour that we had never experienced. So it's little things like that that we're just trying to put our focus back into that a little bit. Not that it was like our love was lost by any means. It was just like, especially during COVID, you're just like kind of existing. Yeah. You're like running around the house doing anything you can to keep <laughs> yourself busy so you don't go crazy. So exactly. it was like a, a shift of focus back to like how things used to be because prior to COVID, we did make an effort of going to dinner once a month or whatever, or doing our backyard dates. We really love doing that. And we had, it just stopped because it's like, well, every day kind of became the same day. So we're having to get back into that mode again. Exactly. And that's, that's crazy to go from being in quarantine and probably spending every second together where it's almost, it gets the point where, like you said, it's groundhog day and it's like the same day over and over again. And we're attached to the hit because there's nowhere else to go to then him going on this tour and then, you know, going to Japan or wherever else he went and you're spending times apart. And like, that's just a huge contrast back to back like that. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. How did you cope when he was on the road or how did that, you know, did, you know, I'm sure you were able to FaceTime or things like that, but how did you stay connected when he was on the road and you weren't with him? I know you toured a lot with him this year, um, but Mm -hmm. how did you cope in the times that, that you didn't? Well, the first run was he was in Europe. So the time change for us actually worked out really well because when the kids would first wake up, we would like he would kind of just be hanging out at his hotel or walking around the city exploring. So we would do like a morning FaceTime and start our days that way. And then luckily I would still be awake when his shows would end. But then my nights were really lonely. And I was like, I would normally be talking to him or checking in or like sharing our days. But we had to just reverse that and right. kind of like share our days in the morning. Like, oh, last night this happened. So we did that. Um And then we made a routine with the kids like every night while he was like warming up for his show with that time change was their bedtime. Mm. So it was like he would call to say goodnight and we would like get that all sorted. And then he came home for the summer and we made sure we did lots of like road trips and excursions and like did all that kind of like make our time count. And then he was off again for the first run, I think was like five weeks. And then the fall was August through the end of October. So we tried to never go longer than two weeks apart, okay. um, which we're fortunate that we were able to go out and be with him. And that's why I did choose to homeschool this year so that I could go on the, the road and have us all be together. Cause you know, like we had never been apart, like I said, so my five-year-old has never had life without dad right? and our little baby has never had life without dad. So now all of a sudden dad's gone and it's like, well, when do I see my dad? And then our three-year-old Kennedy out of nowhere this past tour, um, he came home for a night. And when he left the next day, a car came to get him and she sobbed her eyes out at the front door. And I was like, Oh my gosh, she's connecting this. It was heartbreaking. I bet. So we have to really make an effort. I didn't want it every time he came home to be like, here's presents, here's presents. It was more like dad's here. And I didn't want it to be, Oh, dad's gone. Look what he left you. So we just made it more of like, He's going to come back. Look, we can watch this video of him. Look, we can do this. So we would try to do that so much. And then they kind of understood like, oh, we get to go see. They would say, we see an MCR show tonight. And they would get so excited to like go travel and be with him. So we just really worked on never longer than two weeks. And 
no pressure to be like on the phone all the time. But like when we are on the phone, like we're making that time count. We're making a conscious effort to be like, we're going to FaceTime right now uninterrupted. Yes. And that's kind of all we could do. Because I in the past, like my prior relationship, my ex was a musician as well. And it would be like, you know, I was like 20 years old. And for me, I was like, this is the first love of my life. I'm like, why aren't you talking to me? Where are you? What are you doing? Right. <laughs> that, <laughs> that does not work, especially with children. And like, it just, that is not a thing. So it was very conscious effort of interrupted time with each other. Yeah, it was a it. phone call a day, a FaceTime. I love that. I mean, there's so much intentionality behind that, right? I mean, you had to be very mindful of those moments when he was gone, especially, but then also when he was home to kind of, I don't say make up for lost time. That's not the right wording, but um, but to make up for lost time, if you will. So mm-hmm. we're going to take a quick uh, break and we're going to come right back. Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery when you add an adjustable base. Ends Monday. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. Okay, so we are back and we're still talking about your love for your kids, the love for your husband, and you know how you self-care and love for yourself. Um, my next question is, you know, with your husband being part of such an iconic band, I mean, for goodness sakes, they just sold out what five sold-out shows at the forum in Los Angeles. And, you know, when you first met him, he was taking a break from my chem, right? I mean, he he was not in the band. They weren't touring, things like that. So the first part of your relationship did, had nothing to do with touring, per se. And correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and then all of a sudden this year or this past year, it's it became like a new part of, of your lives. Um, so what was that like to meet him in that time of his life? And then all of a sudden it completely changed to this. Was that ever something that you ever thought might happen again, um, you know, since they were touring before you met and then had that break when you met him and then, you know, what it's been like this past year, was that something that ever crossed your mind that would ever be, I guess, a possibility? So for us, when we met, I think it was endearing to him that I didn't know much about their music. It wasn't anything that I listened to growing up. I obviously knew who my chemical romance was, but I had no idea who he was or like anything about them. So as I was playing music for him when we first started dating, he would play their music. And I'm like, oh, I actually know this song. I didn't know I knew this song. So even right. when they were practicing, so they did one show in 2019, their return show that was supposed to kind of kick off this whole tour before COVID happened. Um, right. He would talk to me about like the songs that they were going to play on their set list, or he would like be playing something. I'm like, oh, what song is that? He's like, you need to know these things. I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. Like I had to get like schooled on it a little bit, which like I said, I think he did. That was endearing for him, but it wasn't ever when we first met, like it was still so fresh that the band had broken up that there wasn't really anything that would make me think that that was ever going to be a thing again. So for us, it was kind of just like we were living our life and he was like, you know, I, I would love to do it again someday, but it, that was the extent of the conversation. So when they did decide to get back together and did that first show, that was something that I had never witnessed before. I'd never seen him in that capacity. I had seen him 
play with his friends' bands. I'd seen him do little things here and there. I'd seen his side project, but it was more of him releasing music. It wasn't him performing. So to see all of a sudden this completely different version of my husband than I had ever been around after being together, what was it in 2019? We've been together five years at that point, five and a half years. I And I saw this side of him that I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I never knew this existed in you. Right. So that for me was pretty incredible. And it was like this moment of like, whoa, <laughs> this is kind of interesting. Like there is a side to you that I don't actually know where it's being by each other's side day in and day out. You think you pretty much know everything there is to know about somebody. But in in that sense, there that was just so different for us to see this confidence because he's a pretty quiet guy. He's He keeps himself. He's shy. Like I am more of the social, like he's very social if he knows you. But I will be the one like, da, 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 anyone I meet, right. just patting it up. And he'll just kind of like laugh along to what I say. And he's not like that social. So to see this confidence in him that isn't the way he carries himself day to day was, I I'd still, every time I watch him on stage, I'm like, wow, like, <laughs> I don't know how you do that. There, you have this switch that you turn on. So that was pretty incredible. And then, yeah, going from, they literally were about to take off to Australia and Australia shut down. Um, mm. And then it was like, oh, now, because, you know, we'd be away from each other a bit while he was rehearsing and everything for this run. And then it just didn't happen. And then it was kind of like a, well, was that show what we're going to get? Is that all we're going to see? And then the show finally did happen and the, everything took off. And the first time I saw a huge show, we all flew to London and I mean, it was like over 30,000 people and he's up there just Mr. Confident. I'm like, I have never witnessed this. This is the coolest thing ever. So getting to be able to be a part of that will never not be an incredible feeling for me to see him in his element and have this confidence about him where he knows who he is on that stage is one of my most favorite things now. I mean, I have so many favorite things about him, but this past year, I think that seeing his love for his music in real time, not just in conversations or him showing me something from the past has been so like touching in such like a deep way. It's got us even closer, which it's the year we've spent so much time apart, but we're closer because I have an even deeper understanding now of what all of this means to him. And I got to see him shine, which has been really, really, really amazing. Wow. That's so beautiful. It, it really is. But Thinking about 30,000 people, it, that just mind-blowing, right? And that's <laughs> one show. I mean, you know, he toured the whole, you know, world, really. And that was just one show. Thinking about how many people, you know, just love the band so much. Like, it goes deep, right? How do you keep your kids grounded? Do they grasp the fact of who he is and, you know, who he is to the public and to all the people that know him as, you know, Mikey Way from My Chemical Romance? Uh, your kids are young, but I don't know if they know about that yet or how does that... How do you keep, you know, your whole family grounded, I guess, in that aspect? Yeah, they, I mean, they get it because they go to the show. So they're like, are all these people here for my dad? I'm like, yeah, they like this music. So they're fans of this music. So they want to be here. And our oldest, when we were in London, wanted to go onto the stage and wave to everybody. And so before the band came out, I was like, oh, this makes me a little nervous. Like, we don't post their photos on the internet. You get to see, like, the back of their head or the top of their head. So, I do the you know, same we were all masked up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were all masked up still. Um, we had, like, a huge COVID protocol uh, while we were in London. So 
she had her mask on. I was like, okay, you know, if you want to do that, that's, I guess, the confidence that you're getting from your dad, because I'm not <laughs> going to walk to the edge of the stage with you and wave to all these people. Like that gives me way too much anxiety. So my right. mom was with us and she walked my daughter to the edge of the stage and she starts doing like this big princess wave to this entire crowd who makes little hearts with her hands and is pretending to throw the hearts out and the crowd is cheering and erupting and screaming and yelling. And I'm like, okay, she is her father's daughter. Like, all right. I'm like, oh no, I'm in trouble. Like she's got the it's for this. And then you right. run this fall. You kind of have them off to the side of the stage sitting on like the little like um, subwoofers and amps in the front. And <laughs> my littlest one who's three stands up and turns towards the crowd and starts doing the same thing. And I'm like, Oh no, no, oh, you too. Like both of them. So I think they like getting the re they they think it's a game. So for right. them it's like fun because everyone will like cheer and like do little hearts back to them and stuff. So that's oh just God. adorable to me. And then they you know, Mikey will come over to the side where we're standing and he'll get down on his knees and they can touch him or touch his foot while he's performing and they think it's the coolest thing ever. But little Kennedy wants like puts her arms up and wants him to like pick her up right. <laughs> it's upset like why is my dad my arms are up like pick me up like you do at home and he'll have to turn and walk away with his guitar and she'll start right. sobbing like I want my dad I'm like well that's working right now so trying to get them to understand that was a little bit of a challenge but it was like the sweetest thing ever but I think for them it's kind of like oh yeah my dad plays music I don't think that they grasp past that they're like oh these are the fans but they don't they yes it's the fans of the music just you know she my oldest loves jojo siwa so she's like yeah. oh like i'm a fan of jojo siwa i'm like exactly so they're connecting the dots but i don't think they fully like get it yeah you know, sometimes we'll take them into hot topic and i'll be like look at this uh, shirt what is this and they go oh it's on a shirt and like i just love to like I'll film it so that we have those moments when they're older. It's so cute. Like they get so excited about that stuff. So I like to do that. I think that that kind of stuff is fun because they don't fully get it yet. I'm sure at some point they're like, yeah, that's dad, whatever. So right now while they're entertained right. by it, I definitely like don't act like it doesn't exist by any means, but I just kind of try to explain to them. Yeah. People love the music that dad makes and that your uncles make and everybody is an uncle in the band, not just his brother. So there's uncle yeah. Ray and uncle Frank, everybody. It's one big happy family and it's really, really cute. That is very, very cute. Now, what is that like for you? Is it hard for you to trust people that want to reach out and maybe be your friend? I'm sure you get hit up on Instagram all the time by people maybe wanting to connect with you. And does that ever work? You know, is it hard for you to trust people thinking, are they authentic? Do they really want to be my friend? Or are they just trying to get closer to the band or closer to my husband or, you know, whatever the case is? Um, what is that like for you? Um, I think for me, I try to everyone the benefit of the doubt, but I know that I, I am, I wouldn't say guarded, but I definitely like hold my cards close to my chest. Yeah. I know my friend circle has been my friend circle my entire life. Like my best friend is my same best friend from when I was 18. So if people do reach out, I'm never not going to like respond to somebody just because they might be a fan. You know, there's someone that I met walking around the Irvine spectrum once who came up to meet Mikey and then ended up DMing me later. And we still talk like three years later on the internet, like like we'll talk about Bravo TV shows. We talk about kids, we talk <laughs> about motherhood. Like it's not anything like I'm not shy away from anything, but I also just, you know, 
I am aware of the fact that not everyone's intentions for reaching out are always pure or even to be friends with me. So I just have to kind of pay attention, look for the clues, you know, but I try to just hope for the best in people, which might not always get me in the greatest places, but that's what I try to do. <laughs> but I love that. I, I think that's, you know, you have such a good heart. And I, I feel like when I reached out to you, I feel like, you know, we just kind of clicked in some way, maybe on a different level. Maybe it was motherhood. Maybe it was our love for Disney. I don't know. Um, but I just think you're such um, an amazing person and you can just, it, it exudes off of your Instagram page. Obviously, we've never met in person yet. I hope maybe one day we will. But, you know, it just exudes your personality just exudes, uh, you know, from your posts and who you are. And, um, you know, you're just such a beautiful person. So I love that you have that outlook, you know, on it and, you know, but also keep yourself like you said, because, you know, there there is that second layer to it. So, um, okay, a couple more questions. And then uh, I know we have to wrap up. You've uh, you've taken up so much time for me today. And I really appreciate it. Getting to know you and your family. Um, any parenting hacks or tips that you have to travel with toddlers? Obviously you've traveled to London with them and I'm sure lots of other places, even domestically. What are any tips you have for toddlers to keep them busy on such a long flight? Cause I know there's other parents out there. that are definitely oh wanting to tip. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the flight to London, I was very nervous, but I ended up, normally I would do direct. I love just get, get me there. Don't make me stop and walk around an airport with my children. But I decided on our trip to London that I wanted to do a layover around dinner time because we were going to do a night flight. And I wanted to kind of get to our layover and then let them run around and eat dinner and then be like, okay, we're going to put our pajamas on in the bathroom now. And then we're going to get ready for bed for this next flight. And then I just, I mean, I try my hardest to make sure they have their pillows, their like their little stuffed animals that they sleep with. They've got their blankets. And then we do our normal routine, which sounds crazy, but it was like, okay, we're going to play some games. We're going to color. We're going to read a book. We're going to watch something on your iPad. And then now it's time to go to bed. We're going to close our eyes. You can lay in my lap and we're going to go to sleep. And by some miracle, they went along with it. <laughs> and awesome. it was, I was like, I did it. We landed and they woke <laughs> up and they were ready for breakfast and they were just on London time. And somehow that worked. I also, when I'm just flying domestically, I've been trying to do like, okay, we got on the airplane. Here's a little toy. And our pediatrician when my daughter was little was like, go to the dollar store and get things they've never seen that when you land, you can dump it in the trash can. You never have to see it again, but it's entertaining. So there's like, however long the flight is, I have one new thing per hour. Now that they're a little bit older and they've got their iPads, I do lean on the iPads, but I do definitely do like, okay, we're doing sticker books right now. And that's it. Or one time she also told me, you know, like your pill containers, like the days of the week, put snacks in each different one. And that's just opening and closing is entertaining them. So I just try to do things like that. That's like, look at this. You haven't seen this in a while. And just put new different things in front of them so that here's a new coloring book. Here's just pencils and paper to see what you can create. And just one thing an hour for however long the flight is. And I tell all of my girlfriends to do the same thing with their kids because it's like, okay, another hour passed. Here's something out of the magic bag. Like, yep. And it works. It's it so does. helpful. Yeah, it does. It's I've done that helpful. too. And even like you said, new snacks. Like there's some things mm-hmm. I just don't regularly buy at home, you know, just certain snacks that, you know, I'm kind of like a healthy, I, I don't know, 
minded person. I mean, I, they definitely yeah. have their sweets and they have, you know, those things, but there's just certain snacks I don't, I don't buy on a regular basis, but I will buy for a road trip or I will buy for an airplane flight and they get so excited. It's like, oh my gosh, you never really buy these at home. And now we get to eat them and they get so excited about these new snacks. And I love the dollar mm-hmm. store or dollar store idea. Um, I've done something similar where, yeah, if, if anything new that they can enjoy that they don't normally have at home or isn't kind of like an old thing that, um, mm-hmm. so those are such great hacks. And I hope everyone else is listening and taking notes. <laughs> they really do help. And I love that you do that. And you have so much experience. So and you know, it works. So that's perfect. And there's also like the Pez dispensers, which is not, it's like, every like hour, I'll be like, Oh, look, you get another one. And I'll open the Pez up. And I'm like, here you go. You earned a little candy. Because it's not enough to make them like bouncing out of their seats. But they get all like, Oh, my gosh, I got another one. I was doing it in the customs line in London. I was like, Do you want a Pez? Once we get through this line, you can have a Pez. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to, I've never done that. I didn't use that one. I love it. I just found it out. Works. I have miles on American airlines and I was coming back from new Orleans last June and a friend of mine I was traveling with, we got in the exit row and the person came and we, we had been delayed at new Orleans for like five hours. It was a horrific, oh. like just, we, we both, we had to switch flights like two different times, but we missed both of our connections. Anyway, it was a whole mess. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Long story, but it was awful. And we finally get on the flight to head home and we're in the exit row. And the lady says, you know, would you like an alcoholic beverage? And I said, oh, I'm good. You know, it was getting late. I kind of wanted to doze off. And she's like, well, it's free. When you're in the exit row, you get one free alcoholic beverage per hour that you're traveling. And when you said what? the best thing about them getting one per hour, I thought of that. And I thought, gosh, you know, <laughs> but it was so exciting. And I'm like, well, I guess if it's free and it's, you know, so each hour that went by, I got my little, you know, wine thing, or, you know, yeah. and it was like this little treat Gosh. to, you know, on the way home after such a horrible flight or, you know, flying experience. So I love the Pez yeah. thing. I'm going to use Five that. Five hour delay. You yeah. earned yeah. an hour. Yeah, we missed, we missed our connections, then we changed flights, and then we missed our second connection. Then we finally got there and had to get on a third flight because we had to go from New Orleans to Dallas back to, you know, California. And it was it was just a big mess. But that little, even just for adults, I feel like not just for kids, but even for adults. To me, that was just my little, a little something I could look forward to for our three and a half hour flight home that made it exciting. Yeah. Anyway. I love that. I yeah. need to book a girl's trip on American and get the exit. I know. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, all right. One more, uh, you know, quick question and then we'll wrap it up. Um, you, you, we know, we both know, I've talked about it earlier in this episode and I knew you and I have talked before, but we both share a love for Disney and, you know, this episode is all about love. So um, when did it begin? You know, why do you love Disney so much? I know why I love it. I sort of whole post about it, this whole sappy post last week about what Disney means to me and all the magic. Um, but I'd love to hear just about where that came from. Um, and then maybe even if you want to share like a favorite memory or maybe some of your favorite rides or, you know, anything yeah. like that would be great. I grew up like in the Inland Empire. So we would go to Disneyland, we'd have the season passes. It was just such like a part of my childhood that as an adult, I was, I would go on like my dates there. Like, what do you want for Christmas? I'm like, I want to go to Disneyland. <laughs> my yeah. boyfriend would take me to Disneyland so I could go <laughs> in the fake snow on Main Street. Like, oh, it was I just, love that. It has always been a place, which some people will say it's cheesy and I, whatever, maybe it's cheesy to you. It's not to me. I get so happy when I was pregnant with my first and we couldn't ride rides. We would go spend the night so that I could just walk around and eat food and yeah. like sit on a bench and people watch. Like I just needed to be there. Our yeah. anniversary, like our first anniversary, we have a, gosh, how old was she? Like 10 months old in tow. 
and pack and play stroller, everything. I'm like, we're having our first anniversary here. Like, I love it. Just like that. It's my two weeks after we met, we bought season passes to Disneyland. It's just forever been a part of my life and it will never not be like, I remember pre Instagram where when you would go to Disneyland, it was just, you would walk on a ride or you'd wait like 15 minutes and it was a Friday night and you would be on haunted mansion, just walk in. And now I'm like, damn Instagram, like that stinks. Like all these people here to get their photos in front of the castle, they're blocking everything. Like it's such <laughs> a thing. And now I'm like, when did it become so crazy crowded? And I've also made the mistake this past year of going on holidays. Like I went on Easter and I was like, everyone's going to be brunching with their family. Right. It was, it was so crowded. It was crazy. And then in October we had like a day off and I was like, Oh, let's go on this day. And well, no, it was Columbus day. So everybody was there. And I was like, why do I keep doing this? But it's just Rowan, when she was six months old, we started taking her every month to Disneyland because we lived by Disneyland and it was just forever. I think it will forever hold a place for me in my heart and just be my happy place that I escaped to. Yeah. And I think my favorite memory, which not I some people know this, but Mikey and I got engaged at Disneyland. Um, oh, I didn't know that. That is <laughs> yeah. so fun. So that is probably my favorite memory there. We coming, I knew we had talked about it, but I didn't know that it was like happening at Disneyland or on the carousel. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Like, going up and down and he's like I think he was just too excited but also really nervous because I said like I don't want a big display whenever you propose to me I don't want like this audience of people watching I don't want it so he decided he wanted to do it at Disneyland but I think he got so nervous like well I can't do it in front of the castle or make this big scene because she won't like it so he just asked me like he couldn't wait anymore so he asked me while we're riding the carousel so I'm like going up and down I'm like this is so Yes, but yes, and we're just like going up and down. But that's definitely like my favorite, favorite memory. And then in October, we took the girls and we did like the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique for the first time. And watching them transform into these little princesses was the sweetest. Like, I will never forget that. And they did such a good job with it. And they did the whole photo shoot after. And my daughter's walking through dressed as Jasmine, like belly out, just like waving to everyone she walked past. I was like, oh my gosh, this was worth every dollar. Like it was the cutest thing ever. And we also honeymooned at Disney World. That was our honeymoon. So yeah, so it's it's definitely definitely in your family's blood. I mean, it's in your blood and then now it's part of your whole family culture, which is- Pass that on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like our our living room has Haunted Mansion, like the stretching room photos as like our wall behind our couch. Like that is, it so is a cool. part of our house. <laughs> that is yeah. very, very cool. Yeah, I know you posted a story the other day, and I think uh, it was of, a, of a, your cat, and it was on like a Mickey Mouse blanket. And I was like, oh, that's my girl. Like, <laughs> our that's- tree skirt is like Mickey and Minnie. Like, it's just, yeah, it makes me happy. It reminds me of my childhood. It reminds me of my grandparents. It's just, it's my happy place. And when the world feels heavy, you can go there and it doesn't. And I think that's like, as an adult, where people are like, oh, Disney adults, or they have things to say about it. I'm like, why can't there be a place that just still feels because it doesn't feel like that a lot of the times. So to have that little thing that still exists where you can just go and like not have to worry about anything else and be a kid and ride rides and eat bad food. I, why would you not want to? 
Exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, you couldn't have sent it. I mean, I feel like I'm talking to myself right now in a mirror because I literally have the exact same experience growing up with it. My first job out of high school was at the Disney store, um, you know, at the mall. Like, yeah. And then that's where all closed. I, I know, I know. I heard there's one still open in Ontario Mills, and I think there's one in New York on in Times Square, but I don't know of any others. But I think yeah, the I rest of them are all gone. I know, I miss it too. Um, but it's always been far, part of my culture. Um, you know, yeah. just, and I, I take my kids. We've had passes ever since they were little, and it's just, it's gonna be that way. You know, and I go with my, I go with mom friends. Like a lot of times, we'll have girls' nights, and we'll just go to. Lunch. I love that. Yeah. Um, and we just have, you know, fun and being childlike, like you said, and, and kind of escaping when I go, it really is therapeutic for me to go there. So, all right. Last two questions, uh, rapid fire. What is your favorite ride at Disneyland? Haunted Mansion. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and, uh, favorite character. Oh, Ariel. Oh, that's a good one. I know I'm always, I'm always yeah. torn between Ariel and Belle. They're, they're two of my favorite. I movies. wanted red hair when I was little so bad. I did too. And as an adult, I did red hair when I was like 21, but it's such high maintenance that I just cannot do that. Yeah. So and maybe one day we'll have our meetup at Disneyland. Yes. I'll we'll have, have our that. real life meetup at yes. Disney. <laughs> I would love that. Well, uh, thank you again, Kristen, for being on the show. Will you please share with everyone? Uh, it's going to be in the podcast notes, but if you would just share your handle on Instagram so they can find you and follow along with, you know, with all of your adventures and also your book club handle so people can sign up for your book club too. Mine is at Kristen Colby and the book club is at Stay Connected Book Club. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time to share more about your life with everyone. And I do hope we have that meetup one day soon. Me too. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me today. I cannot wait for you to listen to more episodes. If you are a new listener, I recommend starting at my best of year one episode first. Then make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And when you love an episode, please leave a review. And if you want to stay connected between episodes, please visit me on social media at The Parentologist and on my blog at theparentologist.com. This podcast is not intended to be a replacement for therapy. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call 911. Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery when you add an adjustable base. Ends Monday. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com.